0: My dues. Let's just listen to the lyrics. To Canada goes four for four I've done my sentence, but committed no crime Banned by pinside and bad mistakes. Many bad mistakes I've made a few. Oh yeah, I have. hell yeah and we'll keep on fighting till the end. We're gonna go fry for five. Did it four for four. What a Party it was Saturday night. If you joined Kaneda's Pinball Podcast on Facebook and you watched the Twippies with Canada, you had a good time. I think everyone who watched the show had a good time. We're going to talk about it. There are some things I might change in the Twippies moving forward. We're going to give my opinions about that. But I just want to say thank you so much to everyone out there who voted for Canada's Pinball Podcast. It was because of you that we've gone 4 for 4 That this show Year after year Continues to tell Everyone else out there That the favorite Pinball podcaster Is Kaneda And it's because of you I got one vote Brenda got a vote Someone else voted For Kaneda And I know that So many people will say oh, I'll never listen To that jerk He's such a narcissistic Egomaniac Why does anybody Give him a time of day Right Flinny bus Stop hating on the show Here's the truth Here's the truth that all of you know. And the irony is this. You have banned Canada from the world's number one pinball website, okay? Here's the irony. When you think about the world of pinball, what is the one thing, the one thing that is the most important thing when choosing a pinball machine? What is the one thing that matters more than anything? That the machine is fun. Listening to Canada's Pinball Podcast is fun that is what it's supposed to do it's not always the most accurate show we don't always get everything right but this show will guarantee Put a smile on your face if you listen to it and if you hang out with canada on facebook it's a ton of fun look how much fun we had making it through those 30 minutes of advertising i can't believe they started the show like that we're going to talk about it but i want to thank each and every one of you i know your families voted i know you voted i know you love this show and for some of you out there who thought it was going to be close we will talk about this it wasn't even close and I want to thank each and every one of you who congratulated me on the victory. I got so many nice notes from people over the weekend. Oh, and I want to thank all the other pinball podcasters in the category for creating such good content. This isn't just the Canadian show. There are so many great shows out there that are making new content on a weekly basis. So my hat is off to each and every one of them. But I will say, ask me how many of those other podcasters reached out and said, congratulations, Chris. I only heard from Zach Manny, Orbiter Albert, Carrie Hardy, and Brian Cosner. Nobody else. Nobody else in the category said congrats on the win. And I want to say this. This hobby is more fun and the content creation is more fun when we at least talk to each other. There doesn't have to be this division, but my God, there was a division in the votes. And we're going to talk about the gap, the gap between one and two. Are you ready? And I'm, I'm just, look, and I'm going to be a little bit like excited for my fans because so much heat came at this show this year. They came after Canada's job. They came after me with advertisements. They sent out email blasts trying to take down this show. And I knew none of it would work. I knew that when the dust settled, the reason why people listen to this show, it's entertaining, it's fun, and there's nobody else doing what this show does. And if you want to create the best pinball podcast on the planet, then maybe take a few notes from what we're doing here, which is we're just having fun. That's it. I'm not here to chronicle the history of pinball. I'm not here to interview everyone in the industry and just let them tell you why these games are so expensive. I am here to get pinball machines to be as magical as possible. I want to tell you how I feel about these games without repercussions from losing interviews or friends in the industry. I don't care. I just want to make you smile, laugh, and think a little bit more critically about this toy we know as pinball. Okay, so let's talk about this show because I think there were some results in this show which downright just shocked me. I just did not think certain things would win in certain categories. But before we go into the categories themselves, I want to give you my overall, my overall take on the Twippies as a show. Now it is a piece of content that is made by a lot of people that worked really hard on it. So what did I think of the 2020 Twippies? So here's my overall, my overall opinions about the show. I enjoyed the show, I did. I enjoyed the show. It's fun getting together with everybody, but the reason why I enjoyed the show is that I was hanging out with so many fun people watching it together. And I think shows like this, it's hard to do it online. They really work better when we're all at a conference or a show like Texas Pinball Festival, and you've got this concentration of hundreds of pinball fanatics all there, drinking all day long, partying on a Saturday night, going into a big room and collectively experiencing the awards show all together. And then people online can also watch. Like that's the ideal thing. When you're trying to take a show that should be live in a room, and you're trying to recreate it with hosts using green screens, it's a lot harder because the hardest thing to get, and this is my overall feeling about the show, the hardest thing to dial up when you're doing it this way is the energy and I kept saying to myself I just wanted the show to have a little bit more energy like get amped up maybe Jack and Emoto should have had a few Red Bulls but I just wanted to see more excitement more back and forth more anecdotal stories and jokes and this and that and that's what I would love to see with all of these award shows moving forward is let's get the energy levels up. And if you're going to start the show at 8 o'clock, you have to start the show at 8 o'clock. You can't have 30 minutes of the same like six ads repeating itself for 30 minutes. I mean, literally 30 minutes. My dad was trying to watch the show and he's like, I don't understand why I'm seeing this Marco guy over and over and over again. And thankfully, for those of you who hung out with Canada and the Canada Army, we made it fun because we blitzed the chat every five minutes. We were saying, Viva la Raza. We were saying, Thank you, George, for Canada. That's my father's name. We were saying, Food Truck. And we were like timing it. Like at the five minute mark, everyone typed Food Truck. And we made it interesting. But what a boring snooze fest way to get into the Twippies. Jeff, if the show starts at eight, You start those ads at 7.30, let everybody drink. But man, everyone thought the party was going to start and then it didn't. So you're kind of like tripping into the show and it's not even like tripping into the show. It's just lowering the energy of the evening with those ads and so many of those ads are old. They've been used before and they're just not making the evening energetic. I think what Jeff needs to do is let Kaneda do a Ricky Gervais section before the show begins. There's a reason why Ricky Gervais can go around and make fun of Hollywood and it works. It sets the tone for the evening. There's something weird about this hobby in which we Refuse to make fun of this hobby. There's absolutely no self deprecating humor in pinball, and I don't understand it. Why are we so incapable as a community of making fun of our own ridiculousness? Why? Why can't we have more fun and take the piss out of this hobby and make fun of each other and make fun of the crazy storylines that have gone on throughout the year? And I would do funny stuff, and I'll give you an example. If I was Ricky Gervaising this hobby, I would be like, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 2020 Twippies. We heard that last year, the show ran a little long. So here's what we're going to do this year. We've removed P3 Multimorphic, Heist and Ranger and the Runes from every single category because let's face it it's not going to win anything. Jerry, we love the P-Rock system but you're not going to take it, okay? Let's just have fun with this hobby. That's what it's all about. There's too many people that take it way too seriously. All right. so the show itself, the show itself they did the best they could with the green screen back and forth. Now Jeff was telling me for weeks, you're going to be blown away by who's on the show itself and they did get a lot of celebrities or, you know, sort of like B-level celebrities who are associated with some of the major properties in the pinball world, stuff like Harry Potter, stuff like Back to the Future, stuff like Lord of the Rings, stuff like Star Wars, Billy Dee Williams, stuff like Star Trek. Now, was there too much of an inclusion of cameo appearances by people? Now, for those of you out there that don't understand this, cameo is a service in which they paid money to have these celebrities do some of these categories. Now, it was cool to see it. I did think they had way too many cameo appearances because you've got Slash and Duff organically appearing. And the other thing that people don't get, when these cameos were teasing Back to the Future and Harry Potter, they weren't teasing these games because those actors know something we don't. They were told to say this stuff. That's how cameo works. These actors will just say what you want them to to say it's a little bit of like celebrity prostitution if you will do you brag about sleeping with a prostitute no because you paid for it if you have celebrities on your show that you paid them to be there it's not like oh my god look what we accomplished they would do any show. I could get Billy D. Williams to make a guest appearance on Canada's Rocking Chair podcast. You could get any of those actors to say anything for you. That's the point. I think Billy D. might be like 500 bucks to get him to say. And the best this goes to. I think the downside to using so many cameo appearances is I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of the people in Our community because our community is more connected to pinball they care more about it they're not reading from a script they organically love pinball so you could ask the question does it enhance the show if we're borrowing equity like this or should we have just let the people that are most passionate about pinball be the ones who introduce each category and each winner and I would always argue I would always argue that the people who are organically the most passionate will make the show the most entertaining I would and I don't think cameo celebrities is quite the way to go all right let's get right into it because I'm not here to critique the overall show I think everyone had a good time I think everyone hanging out there had a good time and we were partying the Canada fan base was partying all night long all right let's get right to the categories and I want to give my point of view on what one in each Now, some of these went the way I thought they would, but some of them were surprising and we're going to talk about it. So best music and sound effects. This was one that I thought would be close. I thought that Rick and Morty and Scott Denisi making the original music for the Rick and Morty game would do much better than it did. And if you look at the way the votes went into this category, 42% of people voted for Guns N' Roses with 1850 1 number 1 votes Rick and Morty only got 428, followed by Stranger Things with 190. So when this happened, when GNR absolutely slaughtered Rick and Morty with best music and sound effects, it was super cool when we got Duff to accept the award. But I knew in this moment, I knew in this moment when GNR took this, this was gonna be a night in which GNR performed extraordinarily well. And I'm gonna summarize later on why I think GNR did what it did on the night of the Twippies, but this was a good indication of things to come. The next category was favorite homebrew pinball machine, and this is a very cool category. This is a category which is really all about those of you out there in the world who don't just love pinball, but you have enough talent to actually make your own pinball machines. My hat goes off to everybody in this category. Now, the top three were Zelda, Crazy Mansion by Pinball Amigos, and Sonic the Hedgehog, one Ryan McQuaid now he joined Canada's Pinball Podcast I would argue that maybe the Canada Pinball Podcast interview maybe coming on my show might have given Ryan the bump he needed because this was a close one With 22% of the votes he won, Crazy Mansion got 20.78% of the votes. 747 people voted for Sonic for first place and 631 voted for Crazy Mansion. Now that was a close one. This is one of those categories where you do hate to see a loser because none of these people are competing with each other. It is awesome to see every single homebrew game that gets made the controversy in this category comes from last year when Jack Danger won it with a game that wasn't completed and it was still in whitewood form. And I think that left a bad taste in people's mouths when this category came up this year. But I hope everyone can calm down and look at the games that were in the category this year and respect the fact that these were all passion projects by amazing people out in the pinball world. And we should congratulate everybody who made a cool homebrew machine this year. All right, best theme of the year. Really, really interesting results here for best theme of the year. Now, there were a lot of great themes, and this category is one that I think gave us very interesting results because I think this speaks volumes about not just the themes we loved, but did we love the way these themes came to life? Because you almost can't extract the two from this category. And the reason I'm going to say that right now is if you were to look at all the themes in pinball and say which one of these themes is the most popular right now in society, which has the most fan base, which before seeing a game would you be most excited to get? And I would have said at the beginning of the year, if we had not seen any of these three titles, that Stranger Things would be the best theme that people would want for pinball, but it did not win. Rick and Morty with 988 votes won Best Theme, followed by Guns N' Roses with 850. These are the total number one votes. This isn't total votes overall, but that's how many times people put this as number one. And Stranger Things really fell off. It was a race between GNR and Rick and Morty, Stranger Things with only 521 total votes. Isn't that crazy that people think GNR, a theme that's already been made 30 years ago, a band that hasn't had a hit album since 1991, is a better theme for pinball than Stranger Things. The other learning in this category is at the very bottom, the two last place finishers were Heist, and Ranger in the runes. And I know Jerry needs to look at this data because how many years, Jerry? You gotta pick themes people want. If you can't get people through this door, and I mean this, if you can't get people through the door of whether or not they like the theme, you're not gonna have good sales. How did 28 people, how do who are the 28 people out in the world that voted for Ranger in the runes as the best? theme in pinball that must be the family of nick baldridge who made this game but that i saw that i was like wait 28 people out there voted for ranger in the Runes. favorite pinball location now this is one where there might be some controversy because this is one where the weighted system actually changed the outcome i think this might be the only one where the number one winner didn't get the most amount of number one votes So the winner was Logan Arcade in Chicago. They got 435 votes for first place. Now that's not even close to old school pinball experience in Brazil, which had 588 first place votes. And Logan's not even as high as Pinball Palace, which got 479. So if we were going off of the old system before it was weighted, this Twippy would have gone to Old school pinball experience. Followed up by Pinball Palace. Logan would have finished third. So if you're Logan Arcade, you won this Twippy because of the weighted system. I was a little bit worried. This might have happened to Canada, but we're going to see it. Nothing even came close to that. All right, the next one. Favorite pinball publication or article. I will say, I did not like this category from the very beginning. I don't understand why this is a category in the twippies If you look at every other category, almost every other category takes months and months, if not years of work to get your thing into the category. If you think about best location, that person has to spend a year making that location great. If you think about best artwork, that artist spends months making the artwork for that game. If you think about best gameplay, same thing there. If you think about best callouts or music, months and months of work, best podcast, best streamer, these shows have to go on all year round to win a twippy you can write one article about pinball and win the same award and not only do I not like it because of that I don't like it that this week in pinball the very publication that hosting the awards is up for its own awards now you can't make fun of Zach Many So you can't make fun of the Pinball Network nominating itself for its own awards and then have this. It's the exact same thing. And making it even worse, they won. They won. Hands down. They won. Guns N' Roses deep dive by This Week in Pinball won with 645 votes, followed by Pinball Magazine newsletters and Deep Root almost won a twippy. Deep Root was number three. But you know what I'm saying? One article and you're in a category, and I don't even think any of these articles, like these aren't groundbreaking stories that we remember. None of these stories brought down the Berlin Wall in Germany. This isn't like the journalist who broke the story on how there was corruption at the top levels of the FIFA soccer organization. What are we doing here? Why is this a category? I don't get it. Okay, on to the next one, which I think was another moment in which people are like, wait, what? How did this win? But again, it falls into what I was saying earlier on how this title and this masterpiece has created a tidal wave that went over every category it was in. Best toys and gimmicks. Now, if I were to ask you right now, just close your eyes, think about all the pinball machines from 2020. Which pinball machine in your mind had the best toys and gimmicks in it? And you think about what won last year with, I believe it was Jurassic Park with the T-Rex. You think about stuff like the crane in Heist. You think about the pizza spinner. You think about the pizza van. You think about the subway system in Avengers or the tower in Avengers. And if there was one complaint I heard all year round for the last six months about Guns N' Roses, The one complaint I always heard from everybody, there's no toys in Guns N' Roses. There's nothing in the machine mechanically. It's an amazing box of lights concert, but there's absolutely nothing in it from a toy standpoint. And so when Guns N' Roses won Best Toys and Gimmicks, and it didn't just win, it landslide won with 1,046 votes, next to Stranger Things and then Avengers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're gonna, it just got left out of everything. I don't think Ninja Turtles won one award, but if you look at Guns and roses and you look at stranger things and you say which machine if we if we were to be objective and look at each machine and say which one has more toys and gimmicks in it guns and roses, or Stranger Things, I think you'd have a hard time saying GNR actually has more toys and gimmicks in it. I think Guns N' Roses is very creative in how it used stuff like drumsticks, but are drumsticks a toy? See where this category becomes interesting is what is your definition of toy? And I think our definition of toy is something physical that the ball interacts with, okay, but even then, but are drumsticks toys or are they just drumsticks? And laying them down like that, is that a toy or is that a gimmick? Because the word gimmick then just opens it up. Like anything you're doing that's clever could be a gimmick. Like putting symbols on the pop bumpers. I think Guns N' Roses doesn't have much that physically creates the kind of wow moment we want between a toy and a pinball. And then you look at Stranger Things and you've got the projector. You've got the UV light. We're going to talk about that UV light, people. Don't worry. You've got the magnetic ball lock in the game. You've got the Demogorgon toy that you bash. There is a very legitimate argument that this was one of the controversial outcomes of the Twippies. And I would say that I don't think GNR has like the most amazing WoW toys in it. I don't. It does so many other things so well, I still love it. But man, I would not say it's the best toys and gimmicks game that came out in 2020. I think because people love Guns N' Roses so much. And there is not that love for Stranger Things that was reflected here. Favorite pinball virtual event. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Expo won with 646 first place votes, followed by Pin Clash followed by the Stern Heads Up Pinball Invitational. I was not able to join any of these this year, so I congratulate all of the nominees in this category. And everyone who created a virtual event, hats off to you. It's not easy doing it. It's not fun to do it. It's not the way you want it any of these events to go on in 2020 2021, but we thank you for doing it and for creating at least a virtual environment in which pinball fanatics could get together so thank you so much everyone for creating these virtual events best theme integration. We knew what was going to win here. Never before in the history of pinball has a theme been so well integrated like Guns N' Roses. And it clobbered the competition. Guns N' Roses with 1,482 first place votes, won unanimously, followed by Rick and Morty with 576 number one votes. And here we go, Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles barely, and I mean barely beat out Stranger Things. Now Stranger Things actually got more first place votes than Ninja Turtles. So in the old system, we would not have seen Ninja Turtles in the top three. Stranger Things would have been there. And I love that Heavy Metal finished last in that category. Favorite pinball website every year will always go to Pinside. It's the place everybody goes to hate on Canada, So it's always going to win for that reason alone. Pinside got 15 150 votes the second place was this week in pinball with 500 followed by the internet pinball database with 311 and then it just sort of drops off there's a lot of other pages out there so, congratulations to Robin and Pinside. I will say this. I will say this. There are moments when Pinside is toxic. There are some men on there who can't get off the toilet and do something else with their lives. And I'm going to call them out on a piece of content I'm working on. It's called the Great Canada Pinside Derby. And what is the Great Canada Pinside Derby? Well, Canada is going to offer a monetary prize to the first Pinsider that can reach a certain number of posts and you're going to see what it is. And it is funny. It is funny when you look at how many times some of these men have posted on Pinside. It is getting to the point now where most of them have probably wasted over six months of their lives. If you were to tally up all the time, I mean, probably more, probably more. You know, it was funny because I was telling Greg Colton, Mr. Rare Hero. I'm like, Greg, you're on the list. You made the list. And he's like, he got all defensive right away. He's like, it's not fair. You can't, you can't do it, man. It was like, he's like, Pinside was different years ago. It's not like it is now. I'm like, Greg, doesn't matter, Greg. You made those posts. I didn't make you post that many times. And I'm talking like he's not even near the top. He's not even near the top. I think he's somewhere with like 21,000 posts on Pinside. He's not even near the top. Now, you know what's funny? This is the funny part. At the bottom of the list, just for giggles, is Deep Root Pinball. Guess how many official posts Deep Root Pinball has on Pinside? I couldn't even make this up. This is just too funny. Deep Root has a total, a total number of Pinside posts. Of 69, dudes. Maybe they're making Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, and this is the way they're teasing it. Who knows? Who knows? All right, best rules in a game. Now, this was a close one. This was a close one. Winning was Raymond Davison an Avengers Infinity Quest. Now I can't just say Raymond because Keith Elwin also comes up with his own rule sets and Raymond helped implement it. But congratulations to Keith and Raymond with 845 first place votes. You guys took it and you beat out Keith Johnson with Guns N' Roses that got 701. Followed by Rick and Morty with 332. And there we are. Dwight Sullivan's Ninja Turtles 256. Followed by Stranger Things, Hot Wheels Heist, Heavy Metal, and Ranger in the Runes. The thing with best rules this year, and if you're honest, be honest, most of us have not had a lot of time on these games. Most of us have not gone deep into these rule sets. So this is another category where you're getting a lot of people to vote who haven't spent time on these machines. But it is what it is. And this look, I don't think there was any surprise here. I think that Avengers was going to take it, and I think Guns N' Roses Code is really good. But I don't think when people play GNR, I don't think they truly appreciate how deep Guns N' Roses is, and most of us haven't really played GNR yet. So all of these votes are pretty premature. It does take a game about six months to fully mature in code, and it also takes people who play these games. I mean this. It takes you about six months to play a pinball machine for you to really intimately understand the game. It does. Unless you're an amazing player who can do it in like a few weeks, it takes a while to get into the mindset of a coder. And I think many of you out there, you're like Kaneda. And I I mean this, you don't take the time you need to fully embrace a game and dive into it Before you make an opinion about that game. And I think no game is suffering more from that right now. And I'm going to say it. And I know this sounds like I've been a hypocrite. But the one game that I really want to play more of. And I want to go back and spend like just maybe a hundred plays on it. To see what people have been talking about. Because I do change my mind. I'm allowed to. And that game is Stranger Things. I keep hearing Stranger Things is the game you need to go back and give another chance, and I will. And I will. I don't hear that about Ninja Turtles. I keep hearing that Avengers is a little bit too difficult. And Guns N' Roses, I think it's kind of perfect to me in terms of the code because it's finally a Jersey Jack game that doesn't require me to study a Bible to understand how to play it. And I think that's what we need to see more of from Jersey Jack when it comes to the coding. All right, best animations and display. Now, this is another person who's gone four for four. And without a doubt, this display looks phenomenal. Now, you could argue they also had access to a lot of the graphics from the world of Guns N' Roses. With 1168 first place votes, this was kind of a close one. Guns N' Roses by Jersey Jack Pinball won, followed by Rick and Morty. And in third place was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So not really a surprise. Jean-Paul De Wynne has done it again i mean it's in his name this guy only wins this is his fourth year in a row so jean paul welcome to the four for four club we're gonna have a little vip party For just people who have gone 4 for 4 in the Twippies next time we're all together in Texas. Okay, favorite pinball YouTube channel. Now, this was the moment when all of you people out there who said Todd Tucky deserves a Twippy, this was your moment to vote for Todd Tucky and get TNT Amusements, the Twippy all of you want him to get. Now, this was really a close one. With 717 votes, straight down the middle, a pinball show just beat out Todd Tucky, who had 644 first place votes, followed by Papa TV Pinball with 522. So I want to say congratulations to Greg and Zach. We did not get an acceptance video from them. Instead, we got a really funny Todd Tucky video where he was crying. And I thought that was one of the best videos of the night. It was really well done. And Todd Tucky to me is what we need more of. He's always in a jovial mood. He's able to laugh at his own defeat. He sees the somewhat ridiculousness of all of this. An award show to celebrate Pinball Machine. This man has been restoring and selling arcade amusement devices when you were still in diapers. He's been making content for like seemingly like over a decade, maybe two decades. Without a doubt, he deserves a lifetime achievement and award. And even in defeat, even in defeat, he's giving us great content. We love you, Todd. Everybody loves you. I love you over at Canada's Pinball Podcast. And congratulations to Zach and Greg. All right, best callouts in a pinball machine. We all knew this was going to Rick and Morty. It might be the best call-outs in the history of pinball. And the votes showed it it clobbered the competition. With 1,465 first place votes, Rick and Morty just trounced Guns N' Roses that got 540 votes, followed by Ninja Turtles. All right, so Turtles got some third place stuff. And then it went to Avengers and then Stranger Things and Hot Wheels and Ranger in the Runes once again, pulling up the rear, Jerry with Rangers in the Rune. Hey guys, we're last place again. <laughs> um, but the point is that what Justin did with Team Spooky was phenomenal. If you've ever played a Rick and Morty, the callouts are incredible, and I only wished one thing: they had to know they were going to win this category. They had to know they were going to take it. I wish Justin would have recorded an acceptance from Rick, in which it was like the expletive cursing Rick accepting his Twippy, or like, oh what what, what the hell's this, Morty? Like this stupid Twippy. I don't even want this thing. Like you know, just make fun of it. That's a horrible impression. But you know what I mean. I really wish it would have been that. I like it was just you know it was Chuck and Bug just standing there. I. I, you know, I wish people would have gone a little bit further with their acceptance videos, but that's just me. All right, the most controversial category is next. This was the most controversial winner of the night. I want to explain why I think this entire category needs an overhaul. I think this was a complete oversight by the Twippy Committee, and this is why Canada should be on every single committee, because this is just common sense. How do you have a committee with all these people on it who understand pinball? who understand the community, and how do you allow this to take place? Best pinball mod of 2020. Now, by definition, something that is a modification is something that is made in addition to what a manufacturer makes. A manufacturer item is an accessory. It's not a mod. A manufacturer by nature doesn't make stuff to modify its game. It's selling you accessories that were designed for that game from the very beginning. If you look at a game like Lord of the Rings, they made the Eye of Palantir. Now, someone went, and made a better version of it that looked more like the eye from the movie. They modified the design that Stern made. I mean, we could go on and on and on about mods. Everyone knows what they are, right? So how is it that Stranger Things UV kit, which was designed for this game from day one, which Stern held back from the community and then made people spend extra money to buy it so they could unlock this really cool feature in the game that was planned from day one, that wins best pinball mod of 2020 with 669 votes. It's more than double the votes of the second place finisher in Twilight Zone interactive backboard display. So for this to win, for Stern's engineering department, They have unlimited resources. They have a relationship with the IP. This was completely a joke. This never should have been even something people could have voted for. And the winner should have gone to Twilight Zone interactive backboard display by 86 pixels. You were robbed. You were robbed. It should have gone to you or Elvira House of Horrors Gargoyle Mech by Medicinal Mods because you two are what mods are. You're not paid by Stern. You made these things out of your love for the games themselves. And you modified something on top of what the factory made so this was ultimately a joke that this was even in the category oh now leor's probably so mad right now because Lior arguably makes the most beautiful pinball mods on the planet and his Pirates of the Caribbean ship sculpt got 269 number one votes 288 went to Twilight Zone. I mean, this was close. This was close. I kind of knew Lior wasn't going to take it simply because not enough people have pirates, but this category, I think, created the most controversy, and if I were the Twippy committee, I would give an award to Twilight Zone with an apology. You can send it to the people at Stern. They don't deserve it, but I do think that 86 pixels deserves a Twippy, and they should come out and correct this error because it was an error that that was even in there. favorite pinball streamer favorite pinball streamer now this one was a close one jack danger with his incredibly large audience he barely and i mean this he barely beat out rb flip france well i don't know barely but here's the thing with this scoring jack danger got 1138 first place votes rb flip france got 965 And the third place was flipping out pinball with 387. Now remember, that's just the amount of first place votes. People got three votes. Jack got 26.32% of the total points. RB France got 17. So I think if you added up the total score, it wouldn't have been as close as this. I don't think anyone in America is putting down RB France as like their second or third place. They did an amazing job. I will say this. The RB Flip France people, they got a lot of people in France to vote for them. A lot. Now, this would have been an upset, right? Because most of you have never even heard of them and they're the number one streamer possibly. So really interesting there. Just goes to show pinball is popular out there in the world. It's not just here in America. All right, probably the most lopsided victory ever in the entire evening. And if you didn't vote for this game for best light show, I think something's wrong with you. Like nothing else should have got a vote. Like you really should have just voted for this game. Guns N' Roses is the greatest light show in the history of pinball. There is nothing that even comes close to the Guns N' Roses light show. With 2,051 first place votes, it just destroyed the competition. The next game was Stranger Things with 299 and Rick and Morty with 235. And I think this just goes to show. Guns N' Roses has raised the bar so much in pinball. And the light show in this game, if you haven't experienced it yet, it is unlike anything you've ever seen in pinball. And it is a game changer. It is a paradigm shifting game. And I can't wait to more of you get your hands on this game. Now throughout the evening, whenever Jersey Jack would win an award, did you notice something though? And I noticed this. Every time they had pictures from the Jersey Jack factory, what didn't you see? You didn't see people making games. Like no one's ever building games in these videos. No one's ever in the background with like, you know, their hands down, like making these games. We know someone's making these games. We know it's happening at some point in the day and sometime during the week. But man, I would love to see more activity back there. The only reason so many of you have not had a chance to enjoy Guns N' Roses, it's not because you don't want to enjoy it they can't build them fast enough. And so I can't wait to a year from now when thousands of you have had a chance to jump on this game. All right, this was probably my favorite outcome of the night because this next category was the ultimate middle finger to Stern Pinball. And I don't hate Stern Pinball, but what this was a middle finger towards, it's Stern Pinball's price gouging of the industry. Favorite pinball topper of 2020. The winner with 625 votes, the free topper from Spooky Pinball on Rick and Morty. I love that this thing won. It's not mechanically great, It's not aesthetically pleasing. It's a really, really cheap topper. There's not a lot of craftsmanship in it. When you look at it from the side, it looks pretty horrible just seeing the motors sticking out. Who cares, right? It's free. When you give someone something for free, that creates goodwill. I love that it won. And it beat out a $1,000 topper from Stern Pinball, Elvira's House of Horror. It also beat out the JJP Elite toppers that got 460 votes. So this is good. This is good that we are telling them that we don't want your overpriced crap. Now, the problem is this you people keep buying this overpriced crap and it's just going to keep going up and up in price. Stern is seeing people buy these Black Knight toppers for two grand, these Kiss toppers for two, $3,000. It's not going to stop. This is just the beginning, but I'm glad when the rest of us had a voice. We said, F that and F you, Stern, for ripping us off with these cheap toppers. And if anything, Stern, just make more of them. Can't you just rerun Black Knight Topper so people don't have to spend two, $3,000? I am really mad that Stern's doing this. These games aren't from five, six, seven years ago. They're just from a year or two ago. Stern, it sucks that you're doing this. Just make more Ghostbuster toppers, make more Kiss toppers, and make more Black Knight toppers. Enough of this. This is stupid. Your people spent all this money on these games let them buy the topper for it all right we only got four more left so favorite pinball podcast and I was nervous for those of you who know me and those of you who were talking to me like the week leading up to it I always get a little nervous. I'm not sure how the votes are going to go. It's a weighted system. I didn't know if that was going to help out other people in this category. And I want to say, this meant the most to me this year because out of all the years I've won, I went through so much more hardship this year than any other year. People trying to go after my job. I mean, that sucks. I had to turn the show off for almost three months because people were trying to get me fired at the beginning of COVID. I mean, that sucks. I would never do that. I would never go after someone's employer. I would never cross the line and try to remove pinball content for the world because someone says something I don't agree with. So I had to go through that. I never made that up. Then I come back on and all the shows are positive. Everyone's having a good time. And I know there's other shows that want to win a trippy. And, and look, everyone on this category makes really entertaining pinball content. They do. They do. There are 10 shows on here that have listeners, that have fan bases, and every single one of these content creators takes time out of their lives to make pinball content. So I want to congratulate everybody on this list who creates pinball content. The Super Awesome Pinball Show, The Pinball Show, Bro Do We Even Talk Pinball, Jersey Jack Pinball Podcast, Poor Man's Pinball Profile, The Hardy Pinball Podcast, First Round Pinball Podcast and Backbox Pinball Podcast. This is my category. And when you're in a category, you have mutual respect for people in your category, okay? We all make content that entertains people out there and we make no money doing it. No money. Whatever money I make because of Patreon is nothing compared to the time I put into this and the time other people put into their shows. It got really competitive this year. Would I have liked to have seen the Super Awesome Pinball Show not run negative ads about me? Of course. I will say this, if you're going to talk about Canadian Pinball Podcast, if you want to talk disparagingly about Canadian Pinball Podcast because you really want a twippy and you're going to work super hard all year and do a show that has a lot of effort put into it, that's great. Everyone can do their show the way they want. But if you pull the plug on your show the week before we're supposed to get in the ring and figure out who's the favorite, that's your prerogative. I do find it funny that after all the smack talking I took for Super Awesome to turn off their show the week of the Twippies. I mean, come on. Come on. Your fans voted for you. You got a your email blast asking people for votes. The thing you could at least do is stay in the race until the race is over. You're, you have fans. You did this. Your fans voted. They wanted to see you win. And you also said so much stuff about me. And so what happened when we got in the ring? I think what happened on Saturday night is people saw the reason why people love Canada's Pinball Podcast, and it's these votes. The numbers don't lie. 973 number one votes. Three times the second place finisher in Super Awesome Pinball Show. And then the pinball show got 292. And after I won, I hope you enjoyed my video. I hope you found it fun and entertaining. I put a lot of effort into it, and that's the part that some of these haters will never understand. Look how much effort I put into that video to make people laugh, to make people smile. And they say Canada's not good. They say we need people to expand pinball in a positive way. You sit down people and you make them watch that award show. I I mean this. You sit people down and you make them watch that award show and you ask people, what stuff out there did you remember? What stuff is making this fun? What is bringing more people into this? What is entertaining people? And that's why this show is number one, because we might not always be the most accurate. We're not here to interview everyone and chronicle the history of pinball. I saw someone on Pinside say he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's the same haters, Beezleboob, Bus. all these guys, they don't get it. They're missing the narrative. Someone's saying, it would be better to have Lloyd and LTG. You know Lloyd, it would be better for Lloyd to have a podcast than that jackass clown. And I'm here to say, I hope Lloyd goes and does a show. He's done a show before, but do you for a minute, do you for a minute think you're gonna create a sustained pinball podcast audience By having a guy like Lloyd do a show every week, there's not going to be enough to talk about. What this show talks about and what it captures is the fun and excitement and ridiculousness of this hobby. And some of these gentlemen out there, they take it so seriously. They overthink it, they overproduce, they overedit, and they try so hard to make this something that it's not. It's a toy that's supposed to bring fun and enjoyment. And that's the only reason why a pinball podcast should exist. You know, I'm not here to educate you. You know, when people start looking at pinball podcasts, like these things are supposed to educate you. I saw Flinny Buzz say this. You think you'd think he'd do more research. Research, my man. What research do you want? You think I should go spend hours and hours and hours researching pinball stuff, my man? No. I'm here to tell you what's going on in the pinball world this week, what people are talking about. Like, I could do a whole show on how stupid it is that American Pinball is still going to make Joe Balser's game as game number six when they just fired Joe Balser, right? Do I need to do research on that? Or can I just do a half hour show on how if you want to take this company forward and make American Pinball stand for something new, then why would you go back to a designer you just kicked to the curb, okay? I could do a whole show on that. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, here's my technical expertise. You know, someone else has said like, this guy's never restored a machine. Yeah, and I'm never going to restore a machine. How many of you out there who love cars have restored a car? I love movies. I've never restored film. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We are all here. And I mean this, everyone on this list. Christian Line, Christopher Franchi, Greg, Dennis Creasel, Jeff Teoldis, all these people. We are here to entertain you. That is it. We do not have a responsibility to educate you. And if you don't find it entertaining, don't tune in. And I'm here to tell you right now, right now, five for five. I know I went on a little bit long there, but that's because this category means a lot to me. And all of your votes meant so much to me. You did it. You made Canada number one again and i super appreciate it last three categories the best artwork this was another one this was another one that was surprising to me how do we define best artwork is it the best artist in pinball is it the single version of a game that's the sexiest best artwork i think means which game if you looked at it did you consider to be a work of art it's not a vote for best artist because we're gonna see, Zombietti had two games in the top three. Two. He made five distinct, five pinball packages in 2020. That's incredible. That's prolific. That's amazing. And they're both amazing. Ninja Turtles and Avengers were both amazing. Five. None of them are weak. There is not a single weak Zombietti art package to be found. Guns and Roses. It had three versions. I think a total of four artists worked on the Guns N' Roses machines. Not all of the Guns N' Roses artwork was made specifically for this game. We had tour posters that were made for the Guns N' Roses tour. These weren't created for the pinball machine. We had the Appetite for Destruction characters put on the Collector's Edition cabinet. Those also were lifted from the Appetite for Destruction album. But if you were to say what was the most beautiful game from an artistic standpoint, and you look at Dane Henry Jr.'s play field, which I do think is the nicest play field we got in 2020, and you put that play field in the Guns N' Roses LE package and in the Collector's Edition package, and I think that that's why it won the reason why guns and roses won is just from a visual standpoint you add in that gold glitter and the guns and roses collector's edition is i think the most beautiful pinball machine we have ever seen and i think that's why it won It got 947 number one votes, followed by Ninja Turtles with 503 and Avengers with 395. So it still would have won if you added those two games together. For those of you who said Zombie Yeti split the vote, if you added his two votes together, that still doesn't put him on top here. Now, if I'm going to play devil's advocate, I would say that how come Guns N' Roses from Best Artwork doesn't lose points? for the SE version of the game. Because I think that SE artwork is really, really questionable. And I wouldn't want that artwork on a GNR machine. And so why don't they lose points for that version of the game? So I don't think people did that. I don't think people deducted points for the SE. I think people just said Guns N' Roses might be the most beautiful machine we've seen in a very long time. All right, best gameplay and layout, the winner, Not surprisingly, but it was closer than people think. It was with 1,071 votes, went to Avengers, Guns N' Roses with 827. You know, for those of you who say Guns N' Roses doesn't shoot well, 827, I mean, either this game does shoot well and you need to get some time on it or people are lying. And then far in the distance, is John Borg's Ninja Turtles with 250. I was surprised to see people said Rick and Morty was a better layout than Stranger Things. I don't think so. I think Rick and Morty is not a better layout than Stranger Things. Okay, so by the time we get to game of the year, it's an all but foregone conclusion that this game was gonna win. And we've been saying it's important for this game to win. And not only did this game win game of the year, it just destroyed the second place game. And a lot of people were worried. They thought the Stern Army would come out. The Elwyn fan base would come out. This is not taking anything away from Avengers. Avengers is a great game. It's just not a masterpiece. It's not a milestone game. It's not a game that has created a paradigm shift in pinball. It's not a game that put more in a pinball machine than you ever could have imagined. Guns N' Roses is that and everything. And not only was I happy to see this game just absolutely destroy the competition with 1,423 number one votes, Avengers got 534, followed by Rick and Morty. I was excited to see these three games in a lot of the top threes that Stern Pinball, Spooky Pinball, and Jersey Jack Pinball throughout the night dominated. They dominate it. And these three companies are the three companies that are bringing the most joy and excitement in the pinball industry. It was really awesome to have a night like this where these three companies were always at the top. It made me forget about all these boutique companies that have been a joke, that have been wasting our time, that have wasted so much energy. This is how you do it. This is how you sell games. This is how you build a brand. This is how you become a player in the pinball community. And I'm talking to you, Deep Root, and other companies out there. You don't go up on stage and make all these promises. You build a game, then you build another game, and then you get to Rick and Morty, and your games keep getting better, and you get an audience, and you have goodwill, and people support you. That's what you need to survive in pinball. Stern has thousands of supporters because Stern has made thousands of people happy. Same thing with Jersey Jack Pinball. So I was super excited when Guns N' Roses won, and I wasn't prepared for what happened after. Eric Minier's video at the end of the Twippies was the greatest moment of the night for me. It was a moment in which the heart and soul of this hobby, the heart and soul of this community, the heart and soul of what goes into making these incredibly complex devices was brought to us in this incredible video. And if you haven't seen it, I think you should go watch it. It's a moment in which we get to see the people who put this masterpiece together. It was very, very well done. It's a side of these companies we don't often get to see. And I really love the fact that Jersey Jack let us all in. They let us in on this monumental moment with their company and with their brand. I didn't feel that from Stern. I didn't. I didn't feel like they really cared about their videos. I just felt like they were mailing it in a little bit. And I wish we would have seen more from George Gomez and more from the people at Stern. And Stern is so creative and I wish they would have made more creative acceptance videos. I really wish they would have. It just felt like, yeah, you could just get a cell phone and turn it sideways and that's that. Or you could actually show the people how much you care in a little bit more with a little bit more creativity but this wasn't just creative it was heartfelt and I know this means a lot to Eric because he didn't win with Pirates of the Caribbean he lost to Iron Maiden and so for him to come back and not just win and not just beat Keith Elwin he clobbered him with this game it's it's not up for debate. These are the numbers. And it's just, I look, and they're both great designers and they're both great games. But the reason why I think it's important for Guns N' Roses to win is I hope Stern pays some attention to this. I know all you Stern fanboys are like, it doesn't matter, they can't make games. But it does matter because we should root for these masterpieces. We should celebrate when they get rewarded this way. We should hope that all of these games at these prices are doing for us what Guns N' Roses has done. Why can't we take this game and make more Guns N' Roses like machines? And that's what everybody really wants. In the mid-90s, games like Guns N' Roses came out every year you got four or five games as awesome as GNR. Now it's every four or five years we land on a title like this but the prices are through the roof. And if you wanna know why Canada's Pinball Podcast is not going anywhere, because I want to continue to push this industry and this hobby, to make more masterpieces like Guns N' Roses. So congratulations to Eric and everybody over there. Congratulations to everyone at Spooky and Stern Pinball and to all the other pinball manufacturers, content creators, and people who were recognized during the Twippies. Could it have been a better show? Absolutely. Do I think they need to make it more fun? Absolutely. Do I think they need to bring more energy? I do. If you want to expand this hobby and if you want to get people excited for pinball, you need to do it with personality so if someone submits a video to you and it's dry and it's boring don't just air it go back to them and say hey could you do this again but actually act like you're effing excited this time you know come on come on everyone thank you so much for making this show go 4 for 4 me Brenda, Bubba, and Baby Killian. We love each and every one of you who tunes in to Canada's Pinball Podcast each week. We'll be back with more shows. It's going to get harder as he grows up. And like I said, maybe it's five for five. We'll see. Later. We are the